Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler, Ethan Barry, alongside Madison Bell. Madison, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. We've got some uh, football talk to get to. Coming off of a bye week, headed into a uh, pretty important two-game stretch for the pack, to say the least. But before we get into football, we're going to talk soccer with our good friend, Alec Sawyer. Alec, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Alec is the assistant, one of the assistant sports editors at The Technician. We had uh, Andrew Schnitker on a couple weeks ago. We wanted to have Alec on specifically this week to talk about some NC State soccer. NC State had a big win last weekend against Louisville. Their second top five win of the season, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. They beat um, number three Clemson earlier this year in their home ACC opener and then go on the road to Louisville last weekend and pick up another big win. Yeah, so huge win um, for the pack there. Obviously, I mean, anytime you beat a top five team, that's a huge accomplishment um, no matter who you are. And uh, so we wanted to have Alec on because neither – Myself nor Madison are huge soccer yeah. soccer fans or soccer experts, honestly. But we do know that is it is the first year for Coach George Kiefer taking over the program. What have you seen from him that has be, that has been able to help this team from a team that struggled to even make the ACC tournament for a long time, and now here they are, two top five wins, and they're headed forward. And just his first year with a lot of freshmen. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable what this team's been able to accomplish this season. The three years before this season, they won one ACC game each year. And now this year, they have three ACC wins, the two big ones against Clemson and Louisville. It's very obvious that George Kiefer really knows how to coach. I think it's even more impressive the freshman class that he was able to bring in coming in. I mean, he gets hired in December last year, and he brings in a top 10 freshman class that's really a bunch of guys that are the reason this team's winning some games. So for this team to be in this situation, the place where they're at right now, is just pretty incredible looking at where they were the few years before. Yeah, and and Kiefer's done a great job here. I believe the team takes on South Carolina. No, that game got canceled. Yes. Yeah, okay, sorry. That game was supposed to be tonight, and it got canceled. So I believe there's one more game left. Is that correct? One ACC game left with Boston College coming to Raleigh on Friday, and that's it. Yeah, so that'll be a good game. That'll be a good game. Obviously, you want to finish on a – um, on a strong note, who is one player that's stood out to you? You know, either a returning player who's made a leap or an incoming uh, freshman who's been a huge, you know, impact guy in their first year. Yeah, definitely. Um, One guy that's really made a huge difference for this team is freshman forward Manny Perez. He's a guy from the Raleigh area. He played in the Carolina Railhawks Youth Academy, now NCFC. He has five goals and four assists. I mean, his five goals lead the team, and he had the game, the only goal in that Clemson game, and then the game winner late against Louisville. He's really prolific on the field. Just watching him play is really special. He really knows how to move the ball and work it well, and then once he's in the box, he's a really great finisher. I believe he had two goals against Louisville. He did, yes. Correct? Yeah, two goals. So looking forward, don't want to get too excited with Boston College coming, but what is it looking like for the ACC championship? ACC tournament. Yeah, ACC tournament's a little different now. The last two years, the men's side, all the teams do get in. State currently sits tied for seventh with the Duke, and the top eight teams get to host their first game. 
So NC State is guaranteed their first ACC tournament game at home next Wednesday. So that should be exciting. They'll be playing one of the lower teams in the league. Maybe a Boston College coming again. But they have that, and then after that game, they would have to go on the road to Wake Forest or Carolina probably. So that would be a tough one. But they will have a home ACC game to start the tournament out. I was at the Chapel Hill game. I believe they played at Wakenet Soccer Park because Chapel Hill is renovating their soccer stadium. NC State gave up an early goal, and then they were right there for the rest of the way. Um, so, I mean, that just another, you know, good performance that shows you how the team has done to go along with top five wins. Carolina is also a top five team, yeah. correct? Yeah, Carolina is a top five team, and that's another thing that's really impressive about this state team. They have a winning record. They're 500 in conference and they've played a schedule that no other team in the country has had to experience. I mean, their first four ACC games were all against top five opponents, and then you add um, Louisville into that late in the season. They also had a draw against number 10, Virginia. So they've been able to play really tough teams and really compete. I mean, only a handful of games. They went to Notre Dame and lost pretty badly, but they played well against Wake Forest, against Carolina, against Virginia, which were all top five, top ten teams that, you know, that state team last year would have gotten blown out by. This conversation makes me – we'll get back to soccer in a second, but from top to bottom in every sport, is there a better conference than the ACC? No. I was thinking the exact same thing, actually, because you started talking about how many top five teams, top ten teams there are for soccer. And it kind of makes you think of the football situation and the basketball yeah. situation. and. Yeah, I mean, the football the football situation, we'll, we'll get to more – here in a couple minutes, but NC State, NC State, the ACC has three teams, technically four if you want to include Virginia Tech, four teams that if they win out, they'll they'll make the college football playoff. NC State, Clemson, and Miami, possibly Virginia Tech. Probably wouldn't count on Virginia Tech, but it's a possibility. And then you've got baseball. The ACC, mm -hmm. I mean, every week you've got it, you're playing a top 15 team. And then you've got soccer, as you mentioned, all those top five teams. And then basketball is pr might be the ACC's strongest suit, and women's basketball. Um, so, but the uh, SEC is the best conference. Yeah, <laughs> don't forget that. Yeah, in football, that narrative that narrative needs to die. It hasn't yet because LSU's in the top twenty-five still. No, across uh, across the board, the ACC is definitely the best, and soccer is where that is most apparent. As strong as the ACC is in men's soccer with all these top five teams, it's even better on the women's side. A lot of that is having Carolina, who seems to win the tournament every other year. But I talked to George Kiefer when he first got here, and I asked him why NC State, why was this a place that he wanted to be coming from USF? And that was really his main answer was that he couldn't pass up the opportunity to be able to coach ACC soccer because there isn't a higher level of college soccer that you can get than playing in the ACC and playing game in and game out against top five, top ten teams. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Every every week you're playing somebody, one of the teams on campus is playing a top five, a top ten team, or is a top five or top ten team if you want to look at the swimming and diving, wrestling, you know, something like that. Um, back, back to soccer, though. The NCAA tournament, where do you think, do you think this team has a chance to make the NCAA tournament, or is it going to take a, an ACC championship to get there? No, I think they definitely have a chance. Um, you look the last few years on both men's and women's side, it doesn't even take a conference record of 500 to get into the NCAA tournament. NC State's women last year had a losing record in conference, and they make it just because that ACC schedule is so hard. Is this team in right now? I'm not sure. 
if you go, you beat Boston College this week, maybe you win that first ACC tournament game. I don't think it matters what you do after that. I think they're probably into the field because the ACC normally gets eight, nine, ten teams in. So what you're telling me is they've got a chance to play themselves in. Right now they're not in, but they've got a chance to play themselves in. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. They definitely have a chance to play themselves in. If they lose out, they still very well could be in. So hypothetical scenario, NC State wins their first ACC tournament game. Let's say they go to – tournament games go to a shootout, right? They would, yeah. They would. Gets there. So would they get credit in the eyes of the committee in the for the NCAA tournament if they went to a shootout in the second game? Yeah, definitely. I mean – the second game is going to be either at Carolina or at Wake Forest. So whatever you can do against one of those two schools, I mean, those very well could be the best two teams in the country. So if you can take them even into extra time and play with them, I think that's something that the tournament committee is going to look at because you can't play harder teams than those two. So they will get credit for a tie or yeah, yeah. even like even a one-goal loss. Would that help? Or Yeah, I think you look at the Carolina loss they had earlier in the season where they give up an early goal, but – they arguably played just as well, if not better, than Carolina. Those kind of things have to be beneficial to them in the eyes of the NCAA tournament because you can't punish a team for having to play a schedule as hard as this. Yeah, especially when it's your conference schedule. You don't even get to choose your conference schedule, you know. So I definitely think that – I mean, I agree with you. I'm not a huge huge soccer expert, but, I mean, even if you lose – like in basketball, for example, if you lose to Louisville – if you lose a five-point game to Louisville in the second round of the ACC tournament, that's not a bad loss, you know? But um, R.I.P. Rick Pitino. <laughs> R.I.P. Rick Pitino. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You mentioned the game against Boston College. That, that's senior night, correct? Yeah, it should be. Um, very limited senior night. I think Julius Dusher, Ade Taiwo, really the only two guys that play consistently that are seniors. Defender Caleb DuVernay as well, but... A lot of youth on this team, but it will gotcha. be senior night on Friday. That, b- that bodes well for the future. Speaking of the future, we'll we'll spend a couple minutes here on women's soccer. I mean, what have you seen from them? Are they an ACC tournament team? Are they an NCAA tournament team? Last year they made a run in the NCAA tournament. No, they've already locked their way into both of those things. They're 12-4-1 this year, 5-3-1 in the ACC. That's already more wins than they had either last year. They're fourth in the ACC, so they will get into the ACC tournament. If they can hold that four spot, they'll host their first tournament game, just like the men. I think they're absolutely into the NCAA tournament already because, you know, last year they were worse and they got in. But the women's team is a lot like the men's team a year ahead because the men, the women last year, it was a great freshman class that came in and really propelled them, and that's what the men are doing this year. But so far this year for the women, that sophomore class is just incredible. Ziara King, Ricky Walkling, Kia Ranking. Ziara King has nine goals and six assists. Walkling and Rankin both have four goals. They're playing really well. They're continuing to play as well as they did last year and just brought that into this year. And that is a team that has so much upside for the next few years as well. Yeah, we'll see what happens, to be honest. You know, I didn't know a whole lot about the women's team um last year then i saw they were in the tournament and then they made i think they sweet 16 yeah they won two games went to the sweet 16 one of those two wins was against a top five in the country minnesota team wow so i mean i didn't even know about anything about the women's soccer team and now here they are a run to the sweet 16 and now you know another potential ncaa tournament run so we'll see what happens there now we want to turn our attention to football nc state didn't play this week but they do play notre dame Alec, we're going to have to let you go here in a few minutes. Let's get your thoughts on this Notre Dame game. What is NC State going to need to do to go up to South Bend and beat a top-ten Notre Dame team? 
Yeah, it's definitely hard to go up there and play them at their house, but this game matches up really well for NC State, in my opinion. Notre Dame does not throw the ball very well at all. They rely heavily on a running game, and if there's one thing that NC State is good at, it's stopping the run this year. So I think if you go up and your defensive line, your linebackers play well like they have all season to help limit that run, Notre Dame really cannot throw the ball, and that would bet well for NC State. I think... I agree with you. If NC State can get Notre Dame in second and long, third and long, force them to throw the ball. Not only is Notre Dame not great at passing, but NC State can then, you know, send Bradley Chubb, Darren Roseboro, Contavia Street after the quarterback. Um, so NC State will have an advantage there. You keep hearing all about Notre Dame's rushing offense and NC State's rushing defense, but NC State's offense is arguably better than the defense, which is something that not a lot of people are acknowledging, especially Notre Dame fans. I think they're just saying, oh, they have Bradley Chubb. We hear about this defensive line. They have a pretty good defensive line. First of all, the defensive line is better than pretty good. Second of all, the offense is incredible. I haven't allowed a sack. The, the offensive line is incredible. I shouldn't say the offense is incredible, but they've surpassed expectations, and they've been very good. So what what is the state offense going to need to do on Saturday? Yeah, they've absolutely surpassed every expectation I had of them this year, especially Ryan Finley, and he plays a big role on Saturday. Notre Dame's fairly good at stopping the run, but their passing defense is about on level with NC State's. So if that offense, Ryan Finley throwing to Jalen Samuels, to Kelvin Harmon, to those guys he's been able to find this year and have success with, if he's throwing well, that will be good for the NC State offense. If NC State loses this game, one reason why they'll lose, go. Oh, that's a tough one. I think it would be the offensive side of things. I think it would be not being able to establish a run game because Notre Dame does stop that pretty well. And if Ryan Finley struggles or the receiving core struggles, then they're not going to have very much success moving the ball. I'm going to go opposite side of the ball and say our secondary because pretty much everybody knows that our secondary is the weakest part of our defense. And even though Notre Dame does not necessarily have a passing offense, I think that's one spot that if they get lucky this week – and they can find their rhythm passing, then it could it could get us in trouble. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame's rushing offense because, as we mentioned, the defensive line is probably NC State's biggest strength. But if Notre Dame can have their way and run for 200 yards, that's going to be tough because then they're going to control time of possession and they're going to give Brandon Wimbush, the Notre Dame quarterback, opportunities off the play-action pass, and he'll be able to take advantage of the NC State secondary. Alec, we've got to let you go here. One more thing before you go. Score prediction for Saturday. Who wins? I say NC State 28, Notre Dame 21. I like it. It's confident. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have any reason to think NC State won't win this game either, honestly. that's Well, that's not entirely true. I mean, Notre Dame's a good team. But, I mean, I think one thing that I keep coming back to is NC State has not played their best game of the year yet. And so I think that will help them moving forward against Notre Dame, Clemson, and then the rest of the schedule. Alec, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your information on soccer. Thank you for uh, your two cents on the football win. Football win. The football game upcoming <laughs> on Saturday. Thank you for joining us here on The Howler. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. We want to thank Alec Sawyer for joining us. He's one of our good friends here on campus. Excellent writer for the technician. Certainly check out his stuff. He's a frequent guest. Actually, I'm not sure if he's a guest or a host on the on the podcast with Andrew Schnicker, but I think he's a host. I think he's a host, yeah. actually. 
I'm not sure if they do like part-time hosts <coughs> or what, but uh, we'll definitely encourage you to check that one out. He's definitely on there this week. Yeah, he's on there regularly. Yes. Just not sure if he's a host or a guest. Absolutely. But, um, we wanted to get into a different topic. It's, it's related to football, but um, I spend a lot of time on message boards. Probably <laughs> too much time, honestly. But uh, I'll just I'll just start by saying this: Notre Dame fans are especially confident this week, which is fine. Like if if fans want to be confident, you know that's fine. I mean, the majority of Notre Dame fans that I've seen think that they're going to win this one by four or five touchdowns. Cool. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, it is a bold strategy. Just because you just beat USC by, like, five touchdowns, which, I mean, that was that was an impressive performance from Notre Dame. There's no taking away from that. I think some of these fans are still riding off the high of it being a rivalry game Yeah. and how well they performed. Because any team that performs that well in a rivalry game is going to be extremely confident and – understandably so but no you're you're absolutely right and uh i just think the big difference like usc is a name team nc state is not a name team as we all know because they get shafted all the time but usc is a name team they have a name quarterback with sam darnold sam darnold has not played well this year and nc state is a much more balanced team Much, excuse me, much more uh, all-around balanced team than USC is. NC State can beat you pretty much any way you can name. They can beat you thrown for 400 yards. They can run for 250 yards. They can hold you to 10 points on defense. Um, but the Notre Dame fans, now we got to give some of them credit. Some of them are acknowledging that NC State is a tough team. But, I mean, NC State is – like two plays away from being 7-0 and and in the top 10 as well um, yep. against South Carolina. So I just think, I mean, message boards are message boards, and I understand that. My feelings aren't hurt at all. Like, I don't want, I don't want that to be misinterpreted. Like, I think it's great that they think that, and I hope that somebody. I hope their football team thinks that. I hope their football team thinks that too, and I hope that somebody in the NC State program has seen this and has shown the players because these boys play with a chip on their shoulder. We saw what happened when Syracuse made Bradley Chubb angry. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I think it's great. Like, it's a message board. Like, nobody cares. It's the Internet, you know. Um, but I just think – I do think that they could give a little more respect to NC State. But if they don't want to do that, that's fine. I mean, some of these fans think that Notre Dame is the best team in the country. You know, on there you think that they – just beat the New England Patriots or something. <laughs> That's not a compliment this year. Well, the Patriots are still good, but they're struggling. B- but you get the point. Yeah. If they beat anytime you beat an NBA NFL team, excuse me. NBA. Um you know, whatever, college team. Obviously that's that's hyperbole, but we'll just get into we'll just get into that. I think it's interesting that Notre Dame fans are so cocky and and a theme that I saw on there is that a lot of fans are like, we don't usually get this cocky. So when we get this cocky, you know that we're that good. So Interesting. Because NC State fans know that we're good, too. We're tr- still trying to – NC State fans are still trying to process that we're 14th in the country. But I think every NC State fan, while excited and ready for the Notre Dame game, in the back of their mind is nervous. 
Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't either. I mean, I don't think you'll find any NC State fan. I mean, sure, there's state fans who think they're going to win. I think state's going to win. Absolutely. But you're not going to find any state fan who thinks that NC State is going to win any game by four or five touchdowns against a top ten team. And, um, you know, from Notre Dame point of view, NC State's not a top ten team, but still number 14 in the country. And I will say this. They love to cherry pick stats and make them uh, – make their team look better could they but find they, any uh could they cherry pick any stats on ryan finley's interceptions no I no don't, I don't they so. could not yeah so we'll see what happens they did like to uh knock on state's defense and say that it wasn't as good as georgia which there's really no way to know that um but i'll tell you what bradley chubb is pretty much not the consensus but the majority would agree that he's the defensive player of the year in the country. So he's the best player Notre Dame's going to face this year. And um, uh, so we'll see what happens. Now we can get into a little bit more of the matchup now that that's off of our chest. Um, we'll start with Chubb. Here's why I think NC State has a chance to win every single game it plays this year. Because... Bradley Chubb is the best player on the field. Like, there will never be a better player on the field than Bradley Chubb. The only exception would be Lamar Jackson. NC State already beat Louisville. He's the only player that I can think of who would be better on the field than Bradley Chubb. What are your thoughts on that? I would I would definitely agree. And, like, it still blows my mind that Bradley Chubb was, what, a, th- a three-star coming in? Yeah, he was just a no-name a, three-star, a three-star linebacker. linebacker. Yeah. Comes in at linebacker, and he's just gotten to the point now where he is just completely dominating the ACC opponents. Yeah, and and the thing, we've seen him get some Heisman consideration. Not that he would win, but just that he would be even be in the top five is incredible for a defensive player. Because on, the only defensive player has ever won was Charles Woodson. I can't remember exactly what year that was, but he did win. But he also contributed on offense and special teams. So just that he's even getting that consideration shows you just how good he is. The other reason that I think NC State can win any game is because they won't face a quarterback who's better than Ryan Finley the rest of the way. Unless you get into um, maybe the ACC championship game, but I think I'd still take Finley over anybody in the ACC, besides Lamar Jackson, obviously. But... State already beat them, so that's out of the way. The only way NC State faces a better quarterback than Ryan Finley is in a bowl game or obviously in the playoffs. But, I mean, we've seen time and time again, sometimes all you need is the best player on the field. Ask teams that play the Packers or the Patriots who they completely dominate that game, and then the Packers will win the game because they have Aaron Rodgers. Had Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, yeah, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is hurt, but... You get my point. I mean, yes. Ryan Finley's not Aaron Rodgers. But if you have the best quarterback on the field, you can lead your team uh, to come back in that one. So I think it'll be a good game. Um, I've said this before. I think as long as NC State shows up, which they will. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that NC State will show up. Um, they can play with any team in the country, and Notre Dame is no different. Um, so in my mind, this will be a fourth-quarter game and this, 
this game is where small mistakes might come back to haunt you because these teams are pretty evenly matched. This is where things like missing field goals, missing an extra point, you know, if you get a stop on third down and then get a 15-yard penalty, th this is the game where those things will come back to haunt you. What do you what do you think about I this? I agree. I saw something the other day on social media that brought up the point that Carson Wise has not yet been in the situation where a game has depended on him and his abilities to make a 30-yard field goal. And I hate to bring up the point. Everybody knows where I'm going with this. The Clemson game last year. All that on Kyle Bambard. Carson Wise has not yet had to deal with that pressure or with that situation. So, be that that situation does come up, it will be interesting to see how things are handled. To, yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially since we have been confident in our abilities and have been going forward on fourth down, which I'm I'm okay with that. If we have momentum, like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely go for it. But, like, at what point do you say we're not going to make it with this one and we should kick a field goal? And he made a, what, 48-yarder? Yeah, 48 he's yarder. got the talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he's got the ability to make it. And so does Bampard. Oh, yes. But um, I definitely think – if you're in field goal range, at least in the first half, unless you just – I mean, obviously every situation is different. But for me, if it's fourth and five or less, I think you've got to go for it, especially in the first half. You know, if you're in the third or fourth quarter trying to tie the game, like that's one thing. But, I mean, at this point it's tough to ask him to kick any kind of field goal unless you just absolutely need a field goal. So – I mean, we'll see what happens. And I wonder how much of that is Dave Dorn not wanting to get in Carson Wise's head, giving him the ability to miss, yeah. say that happens. He doesn't want that to happen. And Wise to get in his own head and things go downhill from there, kind of what we saw with the Bambard situation last year where after that it was just kind of like everyone was yeah. kind of scarred with that situation and it was a – Third option, yeah. Third option to to kick a field goal is the last thing you wanted to do. I think it also raises the question: Should you go for it? Go for two instead of kicking an extra point. What are your thoughts on that? Carson Wise statistically, coming from Carson Newman, only missed one or two PATs. So like. Statistically, he's good, but those one or two could be blocked, you know? Yeah. So it's it's kind of – it depends on how confident Dave Doran is that Carson Wise can make a PAT. And I think it's not fair to blame everything on Carson Wise. There could be a I bad agree. snap, could be a bad hold, you know, whatever. But I do think it's worth weighing the risk of should you go for two every time. I mean, going for two, you're pretty much over a huge sample size – you're probably about 50%, so it's not a huge difference. The problem is, in a game, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, whatever, that's not a big sample size. You could go 0 for 3, 0 for 4, and then you're sitting there, you've lost four points. It's kind of like the situation, like, there's two seconds left in the game. Do you go, like, do you go for the win or do you go for the tie? Yeah. Like, 
that's where it's really good. That's where it's really going to come down to where NC State has to decide what to do. I mean, on the flip side of going 0 for 4 on that, you could go 4 for 4, and then you get four extra points. So instead of a 28-28 game, you've got four extra points. You've got 32 points. Um, I'm just glad I don't have to make that decision because it's a tough. Yes, it's a very tough call. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'd say fourth and five or less inside the 30 yard line. You've got to go for it. Um, now we're going to turn our attention to the NC State offense. We hear, we've heard a lot. It's only Tuesday where we're recording this podcast. We've heard a lot here on game week about the Notre Dame rushing offense and the NC State rushing defense. So let's focus on the NC State offense. Naeem Hines, I believe, is fourth in the country in all-purpose yards. He's a monster. He's a, he is a monster. And he had two huge returns against Pitt, as we mentioned last week. He's the reason NC State won that game, or at least was there in the first half. Um, but, I mean, what what kind of impact do you think he can have on the game? Punt returns, kick returns, uh, running the ball. I mean, he's... He's somebody that not a lot of people are talking about in this matchup. Yes. He, like, he will probably be one of the thoughts in the back of Notre Dame's mind. I mean, not really going to be a, not really going to be a Jalen Samuels, but Mm -hmm. definitely something that you have to really look at and watch for because as we saw with Pitt, not comparing Pitt to Notre Dame because that's like apples and oranges, but like, Naheem Hines has shown the damage that he can do on kickoff returns, punt returns. He had one – he ran one back against Clemson last year, the eventual national champion. Yeah. Like, that's something – or yeah. was that two years ago? I think it was two, two years, years ago, ago, actually, because it was in harder friendly. But, but it, either way. Yeah, he's shown the ability to make it – to make or break a game with, you know, a return. And like I said, this game – like, NC State's not used to playing in this type of game. The margins in this game, in every game, but especially in this type of game, the margin of error in this game is tiny. So Naheem getting 20 yards instead of 10 on a kickoff return, like, it's a big deal. It's a, bi- it's a big deal, exactly. And um, so it'll be interesting to say. I think uh, one thing we talked about with Corey last week um, – is the balance that NC State's offense has. Who are you going to guard? Are you going to stack eight or nine men in the box and stop Reggie Gillespie and Naheem Hines? Or are you going to you know, spread it out and try to stop Kelvin Harmon, Jacoby Myers, Steph Lewis? I mean, what, what do you think Notre Dame needs to do defensively? What do you think they need to take away from NC State? It's already been established that Notre Dame has good rushing defense, yes? So yes. – not as good as NC State's, but they're yes. good. So, clearly that area is is all right. But they're going to struggle in the same way that NC State has struggled in their secondary. And that is going to be something they have to watch out for because Notre Dame apparently is known for not having a good passing offense, for being solely a rushing offense. Yeah. NC State is not solely rushing or solely passing when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. That's a really good point. So they, like, Notre Dame is really going to have to watch for NC State's pass because they know that that's 
that's their defense's weak point, and that NC State does have a strong receiving core that they're going to have to defend come Saturday. Um, one thing that one thing that you bring up is these teams mirror each other pretty well. Neither team has a great passing passing defense, but they both stop the line, stop the run. They both uh, run the ball well. I do think NC State's balance on offense uh, will will help them out, and I think I think NC State will be able to put up some points. I mean, uh, to be completely honest with you, because the offensive line has been dominant for NC State. So if they're giving Ryan Finley time to uh, to take advantage of the Notre Dame secondary with Calvin Harmon and Steph Lewis down the field, that's going to be a huge advantage for NC State. So we'll see if they can uh, take advantage of that. We're go- we're going to wrap it up here soon. But one thing, the people are talking all about the trenches. The offensive lines against the defensive lines. And I mean, it's an old it's going to be an old school battle. You know, Dave Doran has built his team for 5 years for a game like this. And um to beat a team like this, Notre Dame, rushing offense, you're going to South Bend, touchdown Jesus. I mean, this is a big game. It's a top 15 game. I'm writing an article about it right now. The last time NC State played in a top 15 game was in a bowl game in 1992. Neither of us were even thought of in 1992. (laughs) So, I mean, this is what you've been waiting for as a State fan. Like, you asked for it. And you got it. And this is a huge game. It's a We're in week eight. It's a playoff. Actually, it might be week nine. I think it's week nine because NC State's played seven games and just had a bye. Yes. So it should be week nine. Math. Math is hard. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what you want as a fan base. I mean, as an NC State fan base, you cannot ask for more than this. Oh, definitely not. It's a playoff elimination game. The loser of this... The season's not over by any stretch, but you're out of the playoff. You're out of the playoff talk, um, and then you go to next week. Say NC State wins, you got another playoff elimination game against Clemson, and we'll we'll get into that game more next week because that'll have obviously huge ACC ramifications. But I mean, this is what you want. This is why, you know, Dave Doran has suffered. He's played these guys as freshmen and redshirt freshmen, and they've gotten the experience. You know, playing well against Florida State, Clemson, and then coming up short. This is a game where you hope that it all pays off. The Florida State and the Louisville games were great. But this is the game where, like, you can announce yourself on a national stage. It's the second biggest game of the week. You can announce yourself and say, hey, we're here to stay. You know, and we're we're a national championship contender. So it's a big game. It um, is. So we'll see what NC State can make of it. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be, as a fan, you should enjoy this. NC State might lose this game. Um, that's just the way it is. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Stop it. And NC State will probably lose this game. The odds are in Notre Dame's favor. You know, Vegas says Notre Dame will win by seven. ESPN says Notre Dame has a... 77% chance. But whatever, you should enjoy it. If we lose, it's going to suck. But guess what? We get to come back next week and 
essentially clinch an ACC uh, championship game berth. So we should enjoy it. <laughs> so, I mean, just enjoy it now. Just enjoy it. And uh, it's a fun game week. It's fun to be playing in a game like this. We've never experienced anything like this. Nope. I mean, you've been a state fan since when? The day I was born. I was almost named after an NC State player, so we'll go with that. Literally the day I was born. <laughs> and I mean, NC State, has NC State ever played in a game like this? This important I nationally? Don't think so. I mean, it's huge, and um, it's going to be fun, so... We'll see what happens. It's going to be like you think this week is fun. Imagine how much fun next week is going to be. And imagine Carter Friendly Stadium. Um, we thought it almost broke against Louisville. Yeah. But and I mean, if NC State wins this game and Clemson beats Georgia Tech, you're probably getting game day. Probably going to be an 8 o'clock game on ABC. And NC State will be the center of the college football world if. You win this game. Okay, just a really short point, though. Think about how big the game is against Notre Dame this year as compared to last year's game when yeah. it was in a hurricane and barely yeah. anybody was there, and it was just kind of like, eh, whatever, yeah. you know? It's so crazy. Crazy to think about. It'll be interesting. This week, next this time next week, NC State might be a top-ten team. It might be a playoff berth five wins away. Well, six wins away, actually, but – um, we'll see what happens. Before we let you go, Madison, game prediction, who wins? I don't like doing this. Okay. Notre Dame wins by a touchdown. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game, too. I think that, like, I think this is going to be like the South Carolina game. Like, it is going to come down to the final seconds. Um, it breaks my heart to say things like that. Yeah, I... <sighs> I'm really torn. Like I think it. I think it's a coin flip. It's so like you know what? I'm not even go with. I'm not even gonna go with a touchdown. I'm gonna go with a field goal. Yeah. Notre Dame wins by a field goal. I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I think NC State takes it 34 to 31. Maybe I can't decide if it's gonna be a game-winning field goal or a game-winning um, a defensive stand. I guess. Either way, we'll be here to break it down for you. We'll be here to uh, look ahead to the Clemson game next week. Obviously going to be a huge game. Either way, Madison, it's been a good episode, I think. Yep. Uh, good work. Uh, we want to thank Alec Sawyer for joining us. Be sure to check out his work, as we mentioned, over at The Technician. And we'll be back here next week for another episode of The Howler. For listening to The Howler, a service of PAC TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu/sports.